Welcome to the Mind Gym. This is the Pain to Power podcast with Dr. Keith Abloh, where you become the strongest individual you can be. Let's think about things you might have left behind. No, this isn't your iPhone. It's not your keys. Uh, Not trying to be uh, coy here. What I'm talking about are gifts. Uh, And not to get too, what, um, dramatic or nostalgic, because that's not what I mean here. Uh, I mean that it is so common for people to come and work with me uh, and say, you know, my work is somewhat gratifying. Uh, I do make money at it, but it's not me. It really isn't me. I'm not expressing myself at my work. And I don't think it needs to be like that. Or at least we should be examining the extent to which that's true for so many people, how much it's true for individuals, and how many people for whom it is true. Why does that happen? Is it simply the case that one's work in this world is inherently often divorced from one's passions? I'm not ready to concede that. And here's why I'm not, because... I've taken the journey with a lot of clients back, back in time, back into their life stories. You know the routine, right? The pain to power routine is to say, wait a second, if I'm not doing what's most meaningful to me, then I should really try to figure out what that is. And the answer might lie in the past to some extent. Not everybody knows, by the way. Very frequently, people will come to me and say, well, I'm not sure there is anything. There's no passion that I have. There's no gift I need to express. Yeah, I'm not a painter. I'm not a sculptor. That, By the way, that's not what I'm saying. It's not that you need to be an artist. It might be that you wish to be an entrepreneur, that you have another interest that's very close to your heart, that defines who you are, that comes from your self. Self gets a bad rap these days because it's connected to ego and narcissism, but that's not what we mean at pain to power. We know that the self is connected to God and that if you express yourself, that you will be helping everyone because it's not random. It's meant to be. It is your mm, path in this life. It's your mission. It's your purpose. So, How can it be that so many people come in and they say, I don't know that I have such a thing and I I don't feel particularly passion-driven at work. I don't have the energy that I wish I did. I'm not sure what my legacy will be. I'm not sure what my purpose is. It's not at all uncommon to look back with those folks and realize that they were in some way discouraged, dispirited, discouraged from expressing their gifts, and then they lost track of them. Because I'll tell you something, when you're 5 or 10 or 12 years old, it's much more common to decide to travel light, if you will. It feels like you're traveling light if you satisfy everyone around you and you get lots of pats on the back and many hugs and people smile at you. 
And so if you're somebody who was distracted and doodling in class and they said, man, attention deficit disorder, seems like she won't learn arithmetic. She won't learn grammar. Penmanship is off too. You know, it's much easier in some ways to say, you know what, whatever it takes, I'll wrench my mind into learning the arithmetic tables and uh, getting my grammar right and making sure my penmanship, if they even do that anymore in class, we're we're typists now, we're data entry people, Uh, you know, I'll get all that right. And then, you know, people will smile at me, maybe I'll get gifts or something for great performance on my report card. Do they still have report cards? They're virtual now, right? They're digital. It's not the same, by the way. A teacher writing down your grade, that was a thing, right? Sometimes they'd erase it, put like, there was a minus there, they'd erase the minus, or they'd add a plus over this or that. It, it, it showed intention. It connected people one to another. We've lost a lot of that. But anyhow, back to the main topic. Back to the main topic. Uh, you know, so it's easier sometimes to comply and not be a doodler. And people could easily miss the fact, if it's the case, that that little girl had artistic ability. This doesn't mean that she... Uh, is destined to display her work at the Museum of Modern Art, but we don't know that she isn't. We don't know that she wasn't a graphic artist who would have been more pleased to have a career in graphic arts or medical illustration than whatever she might end up doing. And then coming to see me and say, I'm not satisfied. I'm not myself. I'm not expressing myself, my core. I work with people all the time trying to find their way back, like with a divining rod, back to the truth about who they are. And very often, the truth is encoded in buried stories like that. Sometimes they're painful to explore. You got to dig through relationships. You got to think back to, yeah, you know, I was distractible or, yeah, no, I didn't really like what I was learning in school and it showed in my grades, but I used to read material endlessly about science fiction. I loved that. Or I used to make models again and again. I was so into these Legos and these car models. Listen, here's the thing. These hints from the past aren't meaningless. They're meaning full, full of meaning for you. They can be hints to who you are. And we tend to forget them Because, again, as kids, we want to travel light, and we want to get praise, and we want people to say, job well done. That's all very understandable, right? But it might mean that you need to connect the dots all the way back, follow the breadcrumbs back home. And there's only one home that really, really, really matters, and that's who you really, really, really are. So... One would ask oneself, if following this line of thinking, this way of being, uh, what did I really leave behind? Did I leave behind something? Was there something I was really good at, but I was discouraged? And people said, well, that's not a way to earn a living. You know, uh, sure, you know, uh, lawyers are a dime a dozen. One man who visited me said that's what his parents had said to him. He thought about the law and he thought, yeah, I'm not going to do that. They're a dime a dozen, 
right? And so he picked another career, software sales, and made a lot of money. But he was actually passionate about the law. There aren't that many people, I mean, that are truly passionate, really fundamentally interested in matters of the law. But he was, and he would read legal thrillers as an adult. That's a hint. See, it's interesting. You know, God isn't subtle. A million little hints we'll get about where we ought to be devoting our attention, spending our time. Uh, It had become a bit of a hobby for him and enjoyable. But then once you identify something that might be you, might just be you, the next thing to do isn't to dive into the deep end of the pool necessarily. I, I wouldn't recommend that the man leave his job as a software salesperson, tell his wife and kids, listen, we don't know whether we'll be able to pay the mortgage for the next six months because I've got to go back to law school right now. Explore it. Dip a toe in the water because if the water feels fine, you might put a foot in and then, yeah, you might get in the pool. Maybe that's nights at law school. Maybe it's a master's degree in legal studies. Maybe it's just for your own edification that you would pursue that. Maybe you call a friend and you say, I know this is going to sound strange because I'm so busy all the time, right? And, you know, I'm killing it at, at, at selling software, killing myself more like it, the self, right? So many people are doing themselves in metaphorically, never mind in reality, but metaphorically doing themselves in. So maybe you do, maybe this man should call a friend and say, listen, you know, I thought I'd hang out at your law firm just to get a taste of it and see if I, you know, sat in on a few meetings that aren't so confidential, whether I would just be so enlivened by it, feel so passionate again about it that I can't help but go back to school. Would you do that for me? You might say to a really good friend who practices the law and a really good friend would say, of course. Love to. And by the way, why would someone say love to to that? It's a pain in the neck, isn't it? Like, you're going to come by my office. I got to get you in the meetings. I got to explain to people why, you know, a a grown person would be like hanging out and acting like an intern in our office. Well, the answer to that is people love to be part of the truth. They want to help. If you'll express who you really are, you will recruit people to your side to help make it so. But you got to take the first step. Don't make it such a leap that it's impossible. If it is painting, hey, sign up for an art class, buy a book on painting, get a few paints for the house, you know, some supplies, canvases. You don't have to walk out on your job. You don't have to wonder, right? So many people wonder, well, could I really make a living at it? And people don't really make a living at that. Look, these are ways to not do things. The way to do things is to say, I'll take the first step and see what happens. Maybe this is something I left behind that's tremendously compelling to me, and maybe it isn't. Maybe I have a gift in this arena. Maybe I don't. Okay, it's all right. Now, there's pain involved there, by the way. There is. It's pain to power. What's the pain? Well, number one, you got to really decide, find out, am I really gifted at this? Am I not? Do I really love it? Don't I? Also, retracing one's steps isn't always just, you know, full of joy. It has a cumbersome quality to it. You know, there's an investment there. 
you might bump into some memories of people discouraging you. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a sibling, maybe it was friends, maybe it was a teacher, maybe, who knows? But this is your buried treasure. This is how you get powerful by discovering, well, why didn't I? The why is so important. We're narrative creatures, human beings. We can do so much when we know why things have happened. So if you retrace your steps and you untangle the threads of your existence and you say, oh, that's why, that's why, W-H-Y, big, big letters again. I like doing that. I like capitalizing the things that we should really pay attention to. So imagine W-H-Y in giant capital letters and imagine self, S-E-L-F in capital letters, These are two words that deserve a lot of attention in the pain-to-power universe. you got to figure out why. Why did you leave things behind? It's very unusual, by the way, for a 5, 7, 12, or 15, or 17, or for that matter, 27-year-old, but a young person especially, very unusual for that person to buck the trend, tell people that they're staking a claim to themselves no matter what, and go for it. That's more unusual than not. So don't think of yourself as less than if you need to retrace your steps to find yourself, because that's true for most of us. Some people do it at 50. That's early. I've had people come in at 75 and they're ready to do it. And you know what? They should. Because, you know, you might live to 100 And that's 25 years, and you should be getting to it. Whatever you're meant to be in this world, whatever your purpose is, you should be at it. I mean, I knew one person who left her house at 15 and went to live with an aunt because her parents wouldn't support any lessons for her being a violinist. Said if she became a violinist, she could forget college. She said, forget you. Okay, I'm not going to live here anymore. I'm not getting the encouragement I need to be a violinist. Now she plays in symphony orchestras. But that's very uncommon to have that kind of direction at 15 years old. And now, by the way, all is forgiven and the family hangs together and it's a little easier now, right? It's easier to love someone's gifts when they lead to being, you know, the first violinist in a symphony orchestra. It's tougher when parents legitimately, right, worry. Oh, God, what will become of her? Will she just end up as a music teacher? So what? A music teacher is a beautiful thing if it doesn't even feel like work. Yeah, you may not make what a venture capitalist does. Yeah, okay, but don't try to compete, by the way, with venture capitalists when you're not really one. Those guys mean it. Those men and women mean it when they're doing those jobs. Try to compete with someone who's really a born venture capitalists because they love applied math and economics and risk and reward. And uh, you can forget it if you're really a violinist. It'll torture you, number one. Number two, you're likely to lose at it. Okay? You can't really cheat the truth that much for that long. It's not the nature of human beings. Thank God. I mean that, by the way. There's another one. Big capital letters. The biggest God. Thank God. You really can't stray infinitely far from yourself because you'll run into trouble. You'll trip over hurdles that are in your way that other people wouldn't trip over because they're not watching their feet while they're climbing or running. 
They're doing what's natural to do. Okay, by the way, read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I know I have these, you know, just, you know, detours into recommendations, but Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, Robert Persig wrote that. It's a classic. And in it, he says there's a difference between someone who's doing what he or she is meant to do in this world and an ego climber who's efforting every step, efforting every step and is likely to trip because it's not natural to him or her. You know, God, I, you know, all these uh, him or hers, I do that because I'm terrified. (laughs) I shouldn't be, we shouldn't be, but man, you use the wrong, you leave anybody out these days, they can cancel you. They tried to cancel me. I've been like, man, I've got canceled, you know, stamped all over me, but uh, I keep going. You should too, by the way. That's another, that'll be another podcast about this tendency to cancel people. Don't cancel yourself, though. You can't cancel yourself by not pursuing what you were meant to do in the world. I want you to pursue that, and I want you to take the hints about what that is. There are hints. There are worthy hints about what you're meant to do. What do you remember being discouraged from but loving? Uh, What do you remember doing When you had free time as a younger person, what do you do now when you have free time, even though you're not paid for it? What would you imagine would be a kind of work or a passion or a journey you would take in the world, even if you weren't paid once you had enough money? Well, maybe you should do it now or at least start to do it or at least explore doing it. If you think you're a novelist, you can start with taking one course on novel writing or writing one page. If you think you're a lawyer, you can, as I said, take one course or get a a, a beautiful book on constitutional law, if that's your interest. Make it irresistible. Let it exert the power it's meant to in your life because it's your life. We only get the one time so far as we know. Okay, and you should make yours as meaningful, F-U-L, giant letters, meaningful as you possibly can, as full of meaning. So that's the message for, for this podcast is really the message is you getting back to you. And that's a lot of what pain to power is all about, getting back to you. It is a journey. Uh, it does take resolve. And by the way, when you resolve to do it, don't expect that the seas are going to part and the skies are going to clear and you're going to hear harps and uh, lovely music and no, you'll never have ambivalence again, no indecision. It's work <clears throat> getting back to you. And it's also daunting to embrace that because the minute you start doing what you were meant to do in the world, the stakes get higher. It may feel natural, but man, if you're a cancer researcher and you were doing something else, uh, it's going to impress upon you very quickly how important what you are doing is. I picked cancer research. Pick anything. Maybe you're a cancer researcher, but you're really not. You'd rather teach kindergarten. Whatever it is that you're supposed to do, the stakes get higher as you start to do it. And the pressure can feel like more, not less, because you know you're really expressing your gift. And that can bring a lot of resistance. Resistance can occur. 
people start to say, oh, I don't know. I mean, this if I start living my life, I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Like we think we can almost cheat death. If you never live your life, maybe you'll never die. Well, that's not true. We know that. But it can feel that way. Well, I mean, how can I end up, you know, retiring from work and then being 70, 80, and 90 years old and, and then leaving the earth if I never really started? Yeah, well, you know what? You're leaving anyhow. Bad news. But it isn't bad news because it's one of the things that makes us commit to becoming who we were meant to be. If you had infinite time, you might be infinitely willing to not lay claim to your purpose in this world and not also embrace the kinds of things to do that matter the most to you. We all need you to do that because you have gifts to give. It's tremendously important. We can't afford to lose insights in the law or new twists and turns of art or music or the inspiration that a dedicated teacher can convey to a child. But even more than what you do in your life, don't forget other people are watching you. That will include your kids if you have kids. And they should know, wow, I mean, he really went for it or she really went for it. Uh, There was a point at which my mom, someone might say, recommitted to who she was and I saw her come alive. What a gift. That means that another generation might not skip their gifts. And that's because of what you did, what they watched. So, really, uh, this episode of the Pain to Power podcast is about pursuing your purpose. And again, pursue it in steps. The steps will have their own momentum. I'd love to hear from you, by the way, about where this kind of thinking takes you if you embrace it and act upon it. I know that great things can be down the path for you, the pain to power path. Thanks for joining another edition of Pain to Power, the ultimate podcast. Why? Because we don't settle for these uncertain times, making us uncertain people. Pain to power is meant to make you stronger and stronger as an individual. You want to get even stronger? Visit www.pain-power.com. Pain2power.com, but it's the number two, not the letters. Uh, Don't forget the hyphens, pain-2-power.com. Or email me if you want to work with me directly as a life coach, one-to-one. We'll do it together. Email me at info at keithablo.com or call 978 462 1125 and the lovely Tiffany will book your appointment. Thanks so much. Talk to you again real soon.